0: voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others, you are listening to a M Net podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. The following is a special W2M Gimmick Infringement presentation. Harry Broadhurst will not be seen tonight so that we may bring you this W2M Net Deep Dive. Welcome to another episode of Life is Like a Game Show here on the W2M Network I am one of your three hosts of this wonderful show. My name is Brian Espinoza. Uh To one of the sides of me, for those of you watching or for those of you listening, I also have with me uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Eric Watkins, and our other co-host this wonderful evening, Mr. Jonathan Nielsen. How are you two gentlemen doing this evening? Doing fine. You're not centered on camera. Uh, these things happen. I wish we would go to the other format. Which other format? The the the, the three where it's in a triangle rather than yeah. Oh one. you mean this one. Yeah, that one. <clears throat> nope. Don't like it. Two to one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Because I'm because shocked. then I'm, I'm I, I can, can actually, actually be seen can, uh, on camera. But really there is no good position for my webcam that in correlation to where my desk sits that I can be seen on camera. Because of the four-monitor layout, I have to adjust the monitors a certain way where... Hold on a second. Oh,
1: not this again. Truth. Truth. (laughs) Uh,
0: So So, that I I only have, have like... One good place I could put my webcam. otherwise it goes like really far angled up and it looks like crap. and a lot of planning has gone into this, okay? This but is no, the only one good spot for the webcam. I'm sorry.
1: No good position for your webcam, all? Robsticks or
2: u
0: s. code. <laughs> Speaking of u s. code, we're gonna be talking about United States code tonight as we go into the deep dive, part two. Of the game show scandals of the 1950s. Why am I pulling like heavy duty hosting duty on two podcasts today? I'm Welcome shocked. to my world. Visual cue, please. Game shows in the 50s rigged, you say? I am shocked. Shocked. Eh, well, not that shocked. Uh, so, for those of you who missed us two weeks ago, because we did take uh, last week to cover the, uh, in a news desk segment, uh, we did cover the Alec Baldwin news, um, which I believe we have an update on that, but we'll be getting to that a little bit later on in the show, unless we want to go into that now. I'm looking at the uh, the other two gentlemen here. Mm. I believe, I'm going to double check on this, but I, I heard something about Alec Baldwin could possibly face criminal charges for manslaughter and is looking at up to 18 months.
1: Oh, Stop! By the way. Um, I,
2: I'm,
0: I'm trying to see if I can find right. that again.
2: With this show, better luck in the next round.
1: I mean honestly with something like that and facing this kind of news, you'd be very surprised if he doesn't blink.
0: All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Which you by the way, down. after with with by the way, since we don't have straight man Harry Broadhurst on with us tonight. <laughs> And um our 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 thoughts are with him as he is on assignment this week. Um I guess I have to play straight man. So I'm controlling the damn monkey. I'm keeping us on the rails. Let's keep moving, shall we?
1: Well normally I was gonna have that as my job, but you went ahead and strolled right in with a great intro, so I'm like, oh okay. At least I'm not a disembodied voice or a wannabe. Disembodied voice.
2: Yeah, got to just the pointing angles now that we're in this. Eh, uh, like whatever. Oh. Anyways, so our story begins, of course, with the non-incredible source for academics.
0: Always the. That's always the thing.
1: Remember when we said two weeks ago that one Herbert Stemple and one Charles Van Doren were going to be two important names to remember for tonight's show? Pepperidge Farm remembers.
2: Yeah, but does Pepperidge Farm remember that uh, all that legalese is phrased in terms of radio broadcasts, not in terms of TV broadcasts?
1: Semantics. Yeah. Yeah. First, first show of lockout devices
2: 46 with, with winner takeoff take thank you boost and timing yeah the whole the first real issue the game shows really had to contend with was gambling gambling what yeah, FCC attempted to ban giveaway shows in August of 49 because there were illegal lotteries.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we would ever have any sort of gambling on this show or anywhere on this network. Paris the thought. Hashtag betta bavada.
2: Uh, judicial stay quickly went into place. And 54, yeah, FCC versus ABC. A giveaway shows, not a form of gambling. We're okay. So we move from radio to TV. The prizes go up. You get the $64,000 question. Joyce Brothers pulls off the strategery. First woman to collect the biggest of bucks. Yes, that Joyce Brothers. Yeah, that Joyce Brothers. Yeah. September 26th. We get Jack Barry in 21. This shall broadcast, of course, as you heard last time on part one. In the words of co-producer Dan Enright, a dismal failure. Gerritol said, don't do that shit again. And they didn't. According to Enright in a 1992, 92 PBS documentary. From that point in, you decide to rig 21 so yeah that brings us to the stars of our show not host jack barry this guy image share the image wait for the producer to pull up the shared image looks very clean cut and a nice form fitting suits to that baggy suit he wore on
1: TV to make him look like a
2: NERD
1: in a square. Well, I mean, that was kind of the thing back in the 50s. Good
2: old Herb Stemple. Did some interviews in the early 80s, one of which I just found online tonight, actually. And then shout outs also to the Archive of American Television. with a nice three part juicy interview in, 19, in uh, 2018 before he passed away in 2019. But it wasn't just 21 that had issues. You had Dotto. <sighs> <laughs> Hi, CBS. We got our eye on you. Huh? Huh? Okay, I need another one of those tonight. Nine month long New York County, that is Manhattan, grand jury. No indictments, records were sealed, and this some bitch went to Congress. So yeah, late fifty nine, you get a nice lovely document. You share this document. Wrong document. Oh, my document, not their document. As we pull open the cover, you will see. Thank you, Stanford Libraries. Hearings before a subcommittee on the Committee on Interstate and Foreign Commerce, House of Representatives, 86th Congress, First Session October 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 12th, 1959, Part 1. A 1,358-page 1, document.
1: Yeah, talk about tonight, a deep part two. dive.
2: November 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th, 1959. A 552-page document. If you know somebody who's looking for a law degree and needs a case study on American media, primary source, shout out to Google Play Store for part one. My librarians at the campus I teach for couldn't even pull this up.
1: That's how you know it's uh, extra legit, legit.
2: Yeah. Congressional website was having issues, apparently. But in here, thank you, United States Government Printing Office, 1960. You've got a lot of testimony here. Bobcock, Executive Director of the Federal Trade Commission. Charles Canole, a legal advisor. Radio and TV broadcast, uh, advertising, FTC. The FCC Commission Chairman involved in this thing. Vice President, General Attorney, CBS Television. Additional information for the record. A lot of correspondence. Rules with mechanical reproductions on broadcasting programs. Technical jargon, technical jargon. Soundtracks of Dotto in 21. And when they say soundtracks, remember. We're talking, these laws were all written for audio. So when they're saying soundtrack, they're really talking kinescopes. And hey, look at that. They're even citing geratol sales.
1: Gee, I Uh, wonder why.
2: And even checks from Dan Enright to Herb Stemple. There's a lot of stuff in here. If I can find the first juicy
0: bit of juiciness
2: you could say the
0: entire thing was met with, with great, great jeopardy, jeopardy. Oh, Alex. all right all right i got my one all, all
1: right, right i got my one so
2: yeah you even got the transcript of the soundtrack that was played before Congress of the Stemple Van Dorn episodes. So, you know, they did a thorough job. I mean, this is Congress got pages and pages of this stuff. But you are not here just to listen to somebody read from congressional records. Oh, no, 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 no. It was just 21. But it did affect a lot of careers, this whole mess. Charles Van Dorn, his family background, multiple Pulitzer Prize winning authors. Highly expected professors at Columbia University in New York. Enright saw this and be like, Van Dorn's the face we need. So it was all staged. You had the frumpy army vet, Herb Stemple. Gentrification on the lines of Van Dorn. Tie 500 a point, tie 1,000 a point, tie 1,500 a point, tie 2,000 a point. And it's just going up and up and up. Meanwhile, December 56, you've got Dale Logue, contestant on the Big Surprise. Shocker. Filed a lawsuit against the show, seeking. $103,000 $103,000 monetary damages or reinstatement on the show as a contestant. Claim, after being asked a question she did not know in a warm-up session, was then asked the same question again during a televised show.
1: Hmm. Do you know who sponsored this one? Don't tell
2: me. Charles Revson had a Revlon. Yeah, FTC started investigating. By April 57, that show was in the can. Uh, Then you have another name. Edward Pilgemeier Jr., (laughs)
1: <laughs> some reason, and even just like watching that, I always just shudder.
2: And I just got to connect the dots with this one. Literally, as he found the notebook, it Mary Wynn was uh, answering those very uh, puzzles on stage at the same time. And uh, little did they did she know later in Congress, they'd literally be throwing the book at Congress. Literally. Don't need a monkey for that one.
0: Monkey's education service says no.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I believe still to this day, the New York courts records are still sealed. Did they put Uh, any versed in freedom of information act requests? Just saying. Just saying. This is from 59.
1: You'd be doing us a big
2: favor. You might even get top dollar. Big payoff. Two other shows involved. Sorry, I couldn't make it work with name that too.
1: So I wanted after, to. That was a split vote. After all this,
2: you got the Harris Commission investigation. Congress amends the good old 1934 Federal Communications Act. Dwight D. Eisenhower puts his John Hancock on the law. September 13th. 1960. Brian's scrambling,
0: because he knows what's coming. I'm scrambling because I was mid-bite of my dinner, and you expect me to start talking about Public Law 86-752, betterly known as 47 United States Code, Section 509, prohibited contests.
2: And uh, let's
0: uh Mr. Prosser switch our mics please cuz uh, this is his segment. Let, let me play this properly. Uh prohibited practices in case of contests or intel- of intellectual knowledge, intellectual skill or chance. Thank you to Cornell Law's Legal Information Institute for the United States Code citing. But before we get to what the what the law looks like in modern day, because it, it's gone through a couple of changes over the years, let's take a look. Curse you DMCA. Sorry, go ahead. Actually DMCA has nothing to do with it. Eh? Shut your ass before you start talking out of it. <laughs> I'm I'm partially inclined to give myself the thumbs up for a monkey on that one. You know what?
1: If only to stop myself from what I would have said.
0: Yes, my, my cohort here is correct. September 13th, 1960, being enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress, assembled in the 86th Congress, uh, this act may be cited as the Communications Act Amendments of 1960. And generally speaking, the, the the law has not changed as much as you think it has. It's on the very last page, by the way. Um, as I pull up, juggling through a lot of windows here. Doo, doo, doo. Here we go.
2: Yeah, this is a deep dive. You did not know no TLDR version.
1: Oh, hell no. And the fact is, we're only a good 20 minutes in? This is just the beginning.
0: See, you I was expecting, expecting him to go longer, right?
2: Unfortunately, we're, we're mathematicians around here, not historians or uh, actually, you know, GDs you know, or legal, legal personnel. Work. We just kind to uh, personally deal with this thing and make sure we're all
1: oh, ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah. For the one moment you can get a TLDR and to continue a bit more stalling, no, we're not Warriors. No, we don't play them on TV. No, we did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night.
0: You
2: get a well played. No, you a well played. well
1: played. I'll take it.
0: Holiday Inn Express, really? We're still on that joke? Yes. I like still a decade wait. old.
1: And old memes are the best memes. Yeah, let them ripen and they can get nice and dank for you. <laughs> One live look at our want-to-be producer. And as we continue,
0: all right, so prohibited practices in cases of contests or of intellectual knowledge, skill, or chance. Uh, section nine.
2: You might want to give it some zoom just
1: saying. Oh, on it. Thank you.
0: Yes, it shall be unlawful for any person with intent to deceive the listening or viewing public to supply any contestant in a purportedly bona fide contest of intellectual knowledge or intellectual skill any special and secret assistance whereby the outcome of such contest will be in whole or in part prearranged or predetermined. By any means of persuasion, bribery, intimidation, or otherwise to induce or cause any contestant in a purportedly bona fide contest of intellectual knowledge or skill to refrain in any manner from using or displaying his knowledge or skill in such contest, whereby the outcome thereof will be in whole or in part prearranged or predetermined. To engage in any artifice or scheme for the purpose of prearranging or predetermining in whole or in part the outcome of a purportedly bona fide contest of intellectual knowledge, intellectual skill or chance. To produce or participate in the production for broadcasting of, to broadcast or participate in the broadcasting of, to offer a licensee for broadcasting or to sponsor, that's a big thing. Any radio program knowing or having reasonable ground for believing that, in connection with a purportedly bona fide contest of intellectual knowledge, intellectual skill, or chance constituting any part of such program, any person has done or is going to do any act or thing referred to in paragraph one, two, or three of this subsection. No radio
2: includes TV because of the time.
0: To conspire with any other person or persons to do any act or thing prohibited by paragraph one, two, three or four of the subsection, if one or more of such persons do not do any act to affect the object of such conspiracy. For the purposes of this section, the term contest means any contest broadcast by a radio station in connection with which any money or any other thing of value is offered as a prize or prizes to be paid or presented by the program sponsor or by any other person or persons as announced in the course of the broadcast. The term listening or viewing public means those members of the public who, with the aid of radio receiving sets, listen to or view programs broadcast by radio stations. So this is where we get to have a little bit of history lesson here. Oh, boy. Um, by the way, really quickly, whoever violates subsection A shall be fined not more than $10,000 or imprisoned not more than one year or both. Approved September 13th, 1960, and signed into law as Public Law 86 752.
1: Can I take a moment to maybe call out a special someone of whom we also referenced before here on this podcast? Sure. Hello, Mike Richards. <laughs>
2: Um, do you have a, a reaction for a burn notice? Because I think we just served one.
0: Anyways, moving along, shall we? A little bit of history. Um, because I'm, I'm unfortunately, I don't know the the uh, average demographics of our viewership. I don't know how old all of you people are out there. Um, but if you are definitely, you know. Younger than, I don't know, 30, 40, somewhere in that range. Um, You definitely don't know this. And if you're around our ages, then you may or may not know of this a little bit, mostly probably from your parents. Um, TV, when it was first conceived and invented, was powered via radio waves. In fact, it actually kind of still is. different frequencies,
1: very high frequency, ultra high frequency. Yep. So for those who remember the old VHF and UHF sets with the two separate dials, I remember that TV. I had one of those.
0: Yeah, so did my parents. And this is where we're at. This is the this is that time of TV evolution, right? Like, televisions put their...
1: I'll
2: uh, take the mic back. Yes, this is from uh, yours truly's History of Game Shows panel brought to you at many a convention in the Southeastern uh, part of the country here. That sort of goes into more of a broad history of television and game shows. Yeah, RCA and Philco... With the electronic tvs going away from the predecessor mechanical television showcased in the 1939 world's fair mechanical with the whole rotating discs with holes in them just look up mechanical television this is not pertinent to our discussion here really yeah mechanical television copyrighted and then patented and all that in 28 Electronic in 35, really hitting the mainstream in the late 30s thanks to Alfred Dumont, of all people, as well as radio pioneers, NBC and CBS. ABC did not exist at this point. You had NBC Red and NBC Blue. They had two stations. And then, oh, yeah, I know all about the FCC. They busted that shit up. But if you want to know your first game shows, the U.K. beat us in their experimental television era, Spelling Bee in 38, 15-minute show. We had Ralph Edwards's, not Bob Barker's, Truth or Consequences, July 1st, 1941, on WNBT. It's not NBC, so this would actually become abc i believe after the split
0: all right all right we don't need this level of, of dive because you're yeah dumont didn't have basically dumont because he didn't have radio
2: funds he was just a scientist he didn't have the money to back it dumont folded now we have big <laughs> and fostering long games upset
1: Well, not to mention the fact that again, while the
0: I love how I I, I'm like we're completely off topic from what I was originally trying to describe. Now
1: I was just going to bring us back to yes, they had TV shows in the UK. Our first broadcasted event was a baseball game, Ivy League collegiately. That's all I was going to say.
0: Yes, but back then television was done over the radio airwaves via very high frequency or ultra high frequency radio bands that came off of a giant antenna back in those days right in the back parking lot of a lot of the television stations nowadays it's pretty similar except now there's just antenna farms at some place in the you know metropolitan market that's being served and the radio frequencies are just on different bands these days, thanks to advances in modern communication and the FCC. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. Plus, plus with the advent of satellite technology, which was in operation as early as the seventies. Uh, for those of you who remember TBS one of the very first stations that used satellite uplink technology not just the
1: station the tbs super station
0: yes um with the advances in in satellite uplinks you can now just send all of your programming to a major cable providers uh center via satellite and then they pipe it out through cable lines from there um Over the air television is very quickly becoming a thing of the past. It's still there, but now it uses a very special frequency, um, radio frequency, and it's definitely, you know, a lot more digital.
1: Yeah, because remember, as part of the big switch to high definition, all television stations were obliged to comply, switching their analog signals off and converting entirely to digital signals. That also gave us the advent of high definition radio. So not only do you have digital channels like for your local provider, say you have a 30.1, 30.2, et cetera. If you have a special high definition radio, you can get alternate stations with smaller tune in between frequencies on your dial.
0: Yes, that is indeed correct. Uh, mainly because the FCC wanted those old bands freed up so that the allocation could be subdivided. Part of it was auctioned. Part of it was given to uh, was was reacquisitioned for government use, um, whether that was military, police, fire, etc. cetera. Um, a lot was done with that. That's you can you can do your own Google research on that. Yeah, you are um,
2: technically correct. The best kind
0: of correct. I hope I'm technically correct. I had to learn about this shit in trade school.
1: Well, I mean... I hold a
0: trade certificate in this.
1: Well, not to mention all that, but especially with the bandwidth and technology that we're getting for cell phones, especially now that you're going and implementing 5G technology nationwide, and hopefully in a decade's time, 6G.
0: I have a feeling it's going to reset somewhere. It's not going to be called 6G. They'll, they'll, they'll reset the name to some thing or other. So, yeah, but yes, the listening or viewing public, that's still technically like legally correct. Um, The, the programs that are, the stations are still considered radio stations because you still have to have an FCC license to broadcast television, right? Regardless of if you're a cable network, you're a, you know, terrestrial network, whatever. Um, So at the end of the day, that really just in the, in the modern age, that means a FCC licensed station.
1: Exactly. And there's still the reasons why I can't go on public access and say things like fuck.
2: You know, the seven words, don't you? Yeah, about that. Anyway, anyway that's, that's a different, different topic. topic. Uh, I'm just going once again pull up the uh, congressional,
0: congressional
2: record. So you got a smoking gun to talk about, unless there's more legalese.
0: I mean, we can talk about some of the legalese and what contributed to the. Um, first of all, there is the modern interpretation or, or the, the law that as it sits on the books currently, right? Um, really, this has not changed too much, right? Um, in reality, I think the definition, the definitions have changed slightly with the, uh, change of the times, right? This section was put in in 1934. Uh, it was the original Communications Act, right? Um, this It was amended by public law in 1960, which is what I just read. Um, it was renumbered uh, in... Nineteen sixty, and then again in nineteen eighty.
1: Uh, but the Communications
0: Act usually gets at least one revision a year, just as a matter of of discourse, right? But generally speaking, this law is the same that it's always has been. Um, so.
1: That's right, Mike.
0: Yes, Mike, Mike might, might be in trouble. But the biggest thing that I think that a lot of people don't see here, right? Like, it's like, okay, it's illegal to rig a game show, right? But I think a lot of people that overlook the fact that it became, and it was because of Geritol that it even, you know, made it in there. Because it was Jeritol that, you know, really pushed for them to start rigging the show right like sponsors, sponsors were not, not happy with stem with
2: sponsors want money they, they want, want to invest investment. they want a return on investment yeah, they weren't yeah. Re- getting return on the investment all said fix this shit. so uh <laughs> guess what they fixed that shit, all right and uh here's really the smoking gun that put the death knell in for 21. It was an earlier contestant, Miss James Snodgrass of, at the time, 295 8th Avenue, New York 1, New York. Yes, this was before zip codes, people. Appeared on the show, as testified, April 22nd, 1957. On the show five times over a period of seven weeks. So what he did, summarizing literally page 61 of the testimony, was not given the answers in advance. It was stuck to, to memorize and not immediately destroy it. it. was always read out to him. Always the information was given verbally, so there was no paper trail. What Snodgrass did was created said paper trail. He'd have his stuff in his head, go home, in the first case, write him out longhand, eventually on typewriter, and did what any poor man copywriter's trying to do to make sure he's got proof that he had it first. You send it by registered mail to
1: yourself. Talk about sending a self-addressed stamped envelope somewhere. Go ahead. You earned
2: it. To Jay Snodgrass, 231 West 16th Street, New York, New York. And, oh, looky here. Photostatic reproduction of the smoking envelope. Also stamped twice because it was referred to by that New York grand jury when the records were sealed after nine months of trials there. Nothing ever came from that. But yeah, had all the questions and answers of the show that very night. All stamped before it went on air.
0: Can we make sure that we get a link to this as part of the? Because you are scrolling through really fast for anybody to.
2: It is a fast scroll, but keep a bite. It is a 1,300-page document. Thank you, Google Play. The search you want to make. I'm sure you can also find it like online. Yeah. Investigation of television quiz shows part one, hearings before the United States House Committee on Interstate and Foreign Commerce, Special Committee on Legislative Oversight, 86th Congress. First session, October 6th through 10th and 12th, 1959. Thank you, Government Printing Office. And I'm just going to go through at this point and go to specific pages in this document that I have marked for items here. Oh, hey, look. Well, I'm put this
1: in the public chat for anybody sticking around and who wants to go ahead and grab a look. Let's see, looking for page
2: 273. Unfortunately, PDF page numbers and physical page numbers don't match.
1: You got to be careful with that, and you got to do a little bit of a extra Uh-oh. mental That's- math to get the difference. Yeah,
2: they caught that one mid page turn. 273. Here we go. Five days of Dotto. Is this fraudulent? What do you mean, is this fraudulent? Do you believe this is fraudulent? Is this fixed? and the conversation going along those lines. Interesting person I found, and this is page 304, a little too far. Martin Dowd of 974 Anchor Court, New Milford, New Jersey. (laughs) And here's some interesting congressional law for you. Chairman of the committee, citing under Rule 1126 of the Rules of the House of Representatives, paragraph M, if the committee determines that any evidence or testimony at an investigative hearing may intend to defame, degrade, or incriminate any person, it shall, one, receive such an executive session, two, afford such person an opportunity to voluntarily appear as a witness, and three. Receive and dispose of requests from such person to subpoena additional witnesses. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Dowd here contested on 20, on tic-tac-toe, sorry. Had his own reputation to keep, means of supporting a family with two children, This stuff was taken to a very high level of importance and seriousness here.
1: For anybody who is going around and is thinking about, oh, trials of the century, like one of those, like even to just in the past couple of decades, Casey Anthony, OJ, the ones where you really just could tune in and not look away. This was one of the first ones of those.
2: They refer to, in this, a Captain Michael O'Rourke, winning, oh, 131000 on a daytime show. Yeah, you heard that right.
1: This yeah, video dude. is actually on YouTube. Yeah, you? I was about to say, you thought 21 was bad. Oh, dear God, Tic-Tac-Toe. Oh, Tic-Tac. And they're trying to bring their show back. At least in a good way. They're doing it right, again. Yeah, with standards and practices.
2: God. I mean, you've even got an image of the actual notebook from Dotto in these records. If you've got the no time to see The sit producer, and- FCC people talking. He's about the mid-400s, like page 455, like four seventy in that range, oh, it gets juicy. It's, if, if you don't mind a dry read of a whole ton of gossip of people talking about other people behind their backs, and it's really in front of Congress. <laughs>
1: Better than the Dune books. Not the movie, but the books. Put it this way.
2: You need more than just wine for that read. Yeah. You thought romance novels got all that drama. <laughs> this takes the cake. But in terms of summing up some of the major names and what happened to them since their affiliations with these fixed shows, Charles Van Dorn, he became a regular after his winnings on NBC's The Today Show. <laughs> He had a book review segment, if I remember correctly.
1: I I believe it was part of the show, like
2: every Monday or something.
1: But after when this all
2: came to light, he had to resign a professorship at Columbia. Goodbye, academia. See, don't plagiarize either. What was happened to you? It always comes back to Columbia, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's okay. Took a job as an editor of the Encyclopedia Britannica, putting a lot legit trivia knowledge to
1: use. Funny! The Encyclopedia Britannica, you say? And retired at 82. Were they not the ones who were always plugged during the original run of this series when it came to accuracy and veracity of difficulty, citing of sources, etc., etc.?
2: Hmm, who was the source writing all this stuff?
1: Van Doren, probably.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. But yeah, refused requests for interviews for three decades. This guy was as quiet as CBS was about a certain 80s show where they had a cough up over 100 grand. More on that on a future episode. (laughs) But yeah, one-hour documentary on PBS, The Quiz Show Scandal. He didn't want to produce in that. Turned down an offer of $100,000 legit money to be a consultant on a 1994 movie. Brian, you know this movie. You're a fan of this movie. Eric, we might have requested this movie to be reviewed by another team here on the W2M
1: Network. Good old quiz show. Just like TBS was a super station, there may be a super show in the works. Stay
0: tuned. Mike
1: on.
0: Say what? Mike's on. Somebody said something. Quiz
1: show. Yes, quiz show
0: Movie. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look this up, right? And this shit is so old. How oh, is is it? it? It's not even available online through the government. It's not on the National Archives. It's not in the government printing office. It's not in Congress. It's not in Congress's- Congress.gov's congressional records. I know. I had
2: to go to Google Play to pull apart one of the
0: records. I, I can't even pull it up through whatever Google Play. Th- I found the Cal Berkeley site. I can't even find the link to open the thing.
2: Yeah, I don't have Berkeley creds, sadly. Check that URL in
0: our uh, private chat channel. Like, like I, oh, I, I I'm pretty good at finding stuff published by the government for uh, reasons that you guys may or may uh, not be personally intimately familiar with. if i can't find it it's fucking old because there is not a lot of yeah i could probably get it printed like a print version of it
1: you know how much of a how expensive a print job that would be
0: uh, they usually charge about five minutes or uh, five cents per page plus a uh, 5 to $15 uh, research fee per hour. So, yeah, this is about 2,000 pages combined
2: with the two parts. Even a five cents a page, that is a um, hefty price. And uh, postage rates ain't as cheap as they were. When and people know themselves the people answers the trivia
1: questions. questions. Which
0: apparently only goes back, back to, to like, like the early seventies. At least from what I'm seeing here. So yeah. Difficult stuff to find and research on, right? Like you go to a library, no problem. Trying to do this on your own, you need problem. a library. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things like you want to do deep research on it. You actually need to invest in the help of your local library or more appropriately, from what I'm seeing, a university library
1: and this is why libraries matter
0: yeah
2: you know somebody with a master's in library information sciences you thank those people they make our jobs a lot easier here on life is like a game show when we got to do these deeper dives it's probably the deepest of deep dives we're ever going to have to do but to finish the van doren story 2008 he finally broke his silence Described his experience in an essay-length memoir published in the New Yorker. I believe he also went on, back on, show he used to actually appear on regularly, the Today Show. Had a little interview there. Passed away April 9th, 2019. Mary Wynn, our uh, Dotto lady, still alive today, I believe. Yeah. Interesting. This is the first I'm actually looking her up.
0: Got a writing career after this. Oh wow. Okay. I found a oh. paperback version of part two for six dollars on Amazon.
2: Paperback of part two for six bucks.
1: Damn it, Jeff Bezos is strike again.
2: Yeah. Bezos. <laughs> Nadler. Mr. $264,000 haul on the $64,000 questions. The two-decade winnings record. Had to resort to applying for a temporary job with the U.S. Census Bureau when his prize money started running out. He failed the civil service exam.
1: How do you have that much money and it starts running out back in those days?
2: He probably got really flashy with his cash. We had run with the robot mafia and the Donbot. The claims! The claims! <laughs> Shout out for the Futurama reference. <laughs> At least they're we well played. Uh-huh. I'll take a well played.
1: Again, we here at the Monkey Adjudication Service require both members for uh, uniformity on all decisions.
2: 1970s, producers exonerated him, stating they showed him questions beforehand, but he already knew the answers and didn't need them. Interestingly enough. Here's the big one. I have to sit up straight for this one. This, this is a serious one. Lenny Ross, age 10, won combined 164,000 on the big surprise and $64,000 challenge. Suffered from major mental health issues, including depression, attention deficit disorder. He's limited his ability to work as an author and attorney in his adulthood. Most of his work was completed by their co-authors. Had an unsuccessful bilateral, oh gosh, medical term, so I'm sorry, cingulotomy. Psychosurgery introduced in the late 40s as an alternative to lobotomy. It was unsuccessful. Took his own life at age 39 in
1: 1985. 1-800-273-8255. you know somebody who's going down these roads, do not hesitate. Give them a call.
2: We can't stress that enough. So there's what happened to some of the major well-known contestants. What about those people behind the scenes, the hosts, the producers? Jack Barry, blackballed till 69. Dan (laughs) Enright, fled to Canada. Could not get another job in American TV until Barry's recovery from the scandal brought his buddy, old pal, old friend back in 75. Joker. Joker?
1: Joker? Hello?
2: Generation gap, Joker. Premiered in 72, and in 75, Barry and Enright back in full swing, 76.
0: Yes, he exiled to Canada. as pull a, a microphone and flip a Rooney here. Uh, Enright exiled to Canada and found television work in Canada with a company called Columbia Screen Gems. Um, Barry couldn't find any TV work and worked as the executive vice president for the fragrance process company a Manhattan-based chemical firm that manufactured scented pallets used for packaging products. He had purchased stock in the company as an investment earlier in the 50s while he was working in TV. Uh, When the TV jobs dried up due to the scandals, the company offered him a full-time position. excuse me. Uh, Barry actually almost made a very quick return to television. Uh, in the spring of sixty one, he hosted a local series called "Kidding Around" for WNTA TV, now more commonly known as the iconic WNET. That's York.
2: basically a PBS alternative in the New York area, if I recall correctly. From my yeah. not PBS uh,
1: alternative, like PBS affiliate. Yeah. Yeah, one of like Channel Thirteen,
2: view. and uh, please take your mic back.
0: It's one of the very few PBS-owned and operated stations, not like a you know franchisee type thing. Um, they have a very big production facility there. Yeah, um, I mean
1: New York, Philadelphia, DC; those are WGBH.
0: Really- yeah, Boston. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the show was effectively a carb, almost a carbon copy of *Juvenile Jury*. Um, it was canceled after six weeks because Barry contracted mono. Yes, that mono, mononucleosis. They can't catch a break. And, well, I mean, he can't catch a no, break. No, he caught him. him break. He caught the wrong. No, he caught a break. He caught the wrong break. <laughs> I mean, I've got
1: so many questions. I don't know. Like I see that, I see before, one I see one that... vote for
0: a monkey. I see
1: one vote for a monkey. Well, before before I ask my questions.
2: There well, we remember, go. Remember, we are all muted when the monkey is playing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Anyways. Um so, yeah, he was unable to work for several months. Uh, in the fall of 1961, he moved to Hollywood, Florida. No, no monkey. That's actually legit. I was face palms, not monkeys. I know, I but I'm just saying, like, I know it's monkey p- plausible, but no, actually it's, legit. Uh, no,
1: not even no. Monkey plausible. You don't. What is it with people in game show infamy finding their way to Florida? What is it with people in infamy in general finding their way to Florida?
0: I'm not making any comment about a particular person named Michael Larson. I mean, uh, did I say that out loud? Yeah. Spoilers. You kind of... uh Spoilers. Anyways, um, he moved to Hollywood where him and Enright still owned a small AM radio station um more on that in a moment uh wgma now wlqy which they both purchased in 57 barry ran the station for nine months and used it as a base of operations for a new production company to make game shows he developed a show called hole in one which he hosted for station wlbw now wlpg tv in miami in the spring of 62 the show combined a word game with golf and offered a prize of five grand to anybody able to sink nine holes in one in a row. Because show canceled of, after 13 weeks.
1: Because, of course, golf in Miami in those days in particular.
0: And it was a hole in one, not two. No, good, good reference, reference, but, but no.
2: no. I'll, I'll take you. a good reference.
0: <laughs> um. So, In 62, Barry moves his family again, this time to L.A., landing a job with the infamous KTLA, which has hosted other game show personalities before and after they were game show personalities. Good old
1: Channel 5.
0: First, he hosted an updated version of Kidding Around, the show that he hosted the previous year in New York before he got mono. He created another, or he helmed, excuse me, another game show, which actually may be familiar, uh, called You Don't Say. You Don't Say. Uh, Uh, From November of 62 to 63. And NBC actually picked that up. But gave the hosting job to Tom Kennedy.
2: So you mentioned Tom Kennedy. That actually works as a perfect segue into what happened to some of the other original hosts back in the day. You had Jack Dars. you had Tom Kennedy, his brother, James Nars, eventually did the name change to separate himself from Jack and the whole Dotto incident. And this guy you might have heard on some shows, host of the $64,000 question, Hal March. Not a name you've heard of much after the scandals. Passed away January 19th, 1970, only at the age of 49. Lung cancer. You know when you had all those cigarette companies behind the game shows, Lucky
1: Lucky Strike, Marlboro, Marlboro, Camel.
2: Yep, that was it. But you know, his career after the scandals was finally taking a turn for the better in July '69, hosting the game show. It's Your Bet, and complained of exhaustion after 13 weeks of taping. The show did continue to 73. Dick Gutier, Tom Kennedy, Lyle Wagner as the takeover team. And it was an all right show, it was nothing huge. Jack Nars, he kept going. Retired in 82, passed away after two massive strokes in October of 08. Sonny Fox went on to uh, Sunday morning TV's Learn and Laugh Marathon Wonderama on Fox. <laughs> Fox later stated his unintentional. Previlection for asking the answers was uh, factored his decision only to rarely host game shows after the scandals yeah and then he went on newscasting tom kennedy we lost very recently in 2020 that man hosted many an underrated show Agreed. greed body language some of which featured
1: in our breakdown of the uh, brackets Some of which did, and again, body language, still one of my favorites. Well played there.
2: Yeah. So we covered the FCC versus ABC in 54. Went through all the congressional stuff of 59. Talked about what's happened to some of the people since. So... How are things done on game shows
1: nowadays? Especially without the likes of Geritol butting in, which, well, we didn't talk too much about what happened to them afterwards.
2: (laughs) Um, Massive fines is all I have to say.
1: Yet if you were to go on Amazon right now, Bezos, you could still find Geritol products to today.
2: A lot of pharmaceutical mergers over time since then, but the Geritol product name is still out there. So, uh, Mr. Legal Expert, standards and practices.
0: Hold on, I'm just double checking some research here because I'm trying to. All
2: right. Well, oh, you I'll look that up. up. Mr. Producer,
1: standards and practices. So. As we all know with any particular game
0: show. You- y'all y'all can cover God, I need it. filler. Yeah, okay, well the filler is not going to be standards of practices, okay? Cuz you cut me off as I was explaining what happened to Jack Berry and now I'm trying to find something here. So, give me like, you know, another 30 seconds to finish reading this Wikipedia article.
1: Again,
2: do, not a credible do, source do, do, for do, academics. Do, 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 do. Oh, right. Sorry, it's uh, you need more time to think on that going for twenty-one points question, or you know that center box on tic-tac-toe. Wow!
1: Uh, wow!
2: Wow! That's the cue they use in the seventies, but
1: I'll take it. It a That's the one that stuck in my head the most with that center box. Yeah. I couldn't it replicate helped. the 21 theme if I tried. Nope. nope,
2: nope. But, but it's also interesting should... when you read the congressional side of things in True. terms of tic-tac-toe and somebody went off the script because they forgot their script. Whoops. The uh, <laughs> boards, uh, the, the randomizer of categories kind of went in a... Um, Awkward position. <laughs> More uh, things that were quote unquote randomized when we talk about pressure luck eventually. 212.194. So, what now? <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. Uh, patterns. Uh, patterns, patterns, patterns. Patterns everywhere. Mathematicians, we're the best at recognizing patterns out there. Sorry. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> so, Brian, have we stalled enough? Yeah, so
0: take the mic. So Jack Berry, right? He goes on to host quite a few like local access game shows during his his, you know, blacklisting from Hollywood, right? He eventually decides that he's gonna borrow forty grand. Uh, from his father-in-law, and he puts down a down payment on L.A. area radio station KKOP 93.5 FM Redondo Beach, later renamed to K Fox, now K-Day. Um, I was trying to find specifically when he purchased this radio station, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. Uh, the Wikipedia article history on K-Day is very incomplete, unfortunately. Uh, which is why it is not a credible source for academians. Um, in later interviews in the mid nineteen eighties, he goes on and he he goes and does some interview with interview with TV Guide, uh, and he says, "You know what? The only reason why I bought this radio station is because the FCC has to give me a license to own it." And if the FCC is willing to grant me a license, it's proof, it's prima facie proof that my reputation is no longer tainted, right? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't say that in those words, but that's effectively what he, what he was trying to convey there.
2: If they're going to let me back, make sure they're, it's like, they hey, are you going to let me back? Are you going to get me licensed? Hey, we gave him a hey. I got a license. They're gonna let me back. All right,
1: we're back, baby. Let's do this. And, and he tried to break the bank. Well, break the bank.
0: Well, slowly he began to get phone calls. You know, can you fill in as a guest host here and here and there? And of course, um, and then in December of '68, he embarked on the idea that would launch a national comeback. And became the most successful game show project of his career. And now we get to do it properly. Right? Joker! Joker! Hello!
1: Yep. For those of you who are audio, Hal, rubbing the lucky suit. <laughs> he, he
0: developed, developed and produced, produced two, two pilots... pilots. For The Joker's Wild, both emceed by Alan Ludden, CBS holds off on picking it up at first. Uh, In 69, Barry becomes a host for ABC's The Generation Gap. Uh, And then in 69, he enters into a limited association with Goodson-Todman Productions to collaborate on new game show creations, but the partnership was short-lived.
2: It's like the like Sith and Jedi working together.
1: No. Two sides wrong as a concept.
0: Two sides of the same coin. In In 70. Two-headed coin. Go ahead. produces a pilot with a similar concept to Joker called the Honeymoon Game, hosted by Jim McCrell. That doesn't work. It doesn't sell to anybody, so he reworks the format some more and launches a local version of the Joker's Wild on KTLA while selling a game show called The Real, as in Casino Real, R-E-E-L, game to ABC. Barry hosted that show pitting three contestants and answering questions centered around vintage newsreel footage for cash prizes and the chance for a new car, which no contestants won during the run. The series runs weekly in prime time for 16 weeks. The Joker's Wild makes its national debut on CBS in 1972. Hmm, I wonder why that year is important.
2: 72 was a great year for game shows as opposed to 1990.
1: Go ahead. Especially on CBS.
0: Yeah, Yeah. would you like to – it debuted on the same day as two other CBS game shows, can you name them? Oh, did it debut on September
2: 4th of that year by any chance? I'm not going to confirm or deny have we covered one of these shows in a deep dive on its fiftieth anniversary? And was the price right? Name the, uh, yes,
0: name the other one. And no looking at the non-credible academic source either. I'm not looking. Not looking. 72. CBS, CBS show. CBS
2: 72. Oh, wait. Wait. A non-Las Vegas gambling?
1: Ding, ding,
0: ding, 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 ding.
2: You know, when we have these kind of remember these moments, we have, like, a friendly wager or something.
1: Yeah, I'm already trying to collect a better wager from another podcast on here, so stay tuned for that one.
2: Man upstairs over there on the left. Yeah, I'm gonna ask for a favor since I got that one fast. All right, um, sure. for our Twitter poll for next week's game show, a no veto on my choice for the poll. Okay, done. Good, Good. done. Richard, Richard Quest has 500 questions for you.
0: Yeah, heard it here first, folks. Look for that okay. sort of poll after the ge- after our episode is concluded. But yes, uh, the Joker's Wild will debut on September fourth, nineteen seventy two, the same day as The Price is Right and Gambit, with Harry or with Barry, not Harry. Sorry, Harry, we miss you.
2: Harry Potter will not be seen tonight. So you bring
0: you this stolen
1: gimmick.
0: No. No, it's revoked. It's revoked. It's now revoked. He could not do the gimmick infringement bit properly.
1: Well, then, since it is your gimmick, you may have the floor to clean it.
0: Harry Broadhurst will not be seen tonight so that we may bring you this W2M gimmick infringement.
1: Feel better, Harry.
0: Have I'm half tempted to, have have to, to strip you of your of your prize, sir. That was an egregious fuck up of a gimmick infringement.
1: I mean, I mean,
0: Eric, do you have a battle question?
1: You see here, gimmick infringement is a W two M network exclusive. I will say that. Uh, there's going to be some consideration for that no veto. Hmm. Maybe we'll have
2: to expand the options and make it a top 10 challenge.
0: Now,
1: uh, Jack Berry. He, Productions, he, he's begging for one. He's begging for one. I know what he's trying to do and I don't like it.
0: Jack Berry Productions also uh, comes back and produces and packages. Multiple game shows, Uh, one of them called Hollywood's Talking, Jeff Edwards' first game show, and Blank Check, hosted by veteran game show host and announcer, Art James.
2: Art James doesn't get the credit he's deserved, but the first of those shows is definitely a way bigger hit.
0: Barry ends up bringing back Dan Enright as the Joker's Wilds executive producer at the end of its first network run, mentioning Enright at the end of the final CBS installment. The two renew their working partnership in full time in 1976, launching this Tom Kennedy game show. What is it? Break the bank. Damn these
1: good I mentioned well, he, it earlier. I was about to say he said it already on the show. Not to mention the theme song. In- I may not have been paying it.
0: I may not have mentioned I may not have been paying attention because I was doing research. Sorry.
1: Not to mention the theme song's been playing in my head pretty much ever since. Oh, break. Break. Oh, okay, 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 okay. don't want to get DMCA'd and such for
0: we well, we're not four game show themes
1: already tonight. Well, look, and the fact that, that we're not showing any footage of those shows or any official stuff, we're just humming along and uh, we can get a couple bars and fake it
0: from there. I mean,
1: that's all well and good.
0: Yeah. Besides, we're providing critical commentary, which is covered under fair use. So,
1: Exactly. I, for one, want to try to please my YouTube overlords, at least for now.
0: Um.
2: I think Barry passed away in '84, if I remember correctly. Yeah, That's so '76, he
0: sold, he sells reruns of Joker uh, to several c uh, to several local stations, including New York WOR and LA's KTLA, WWOR Channel Nine. Eventually, UPN. Uh, the reruns rate so good that Barry and Enright.
2: How- hey, hold on. How, How good did they, they rate? rate? Thank you.
0: you. The show came back in first run syndication in 77 with Barry as the host. It was produced at the facilities of Chris, Chris Crafts, KCOP TV. Um, Syndicated Joker was a huge success. Um, They, they launched in 79 Joker, 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 the kids version. Um,
2: A good kids version of a show Unlike Jeff and Wheel
0: 2K
1: They had their moments
0: They were very short lived But But the two of them Decided To press their Luck No, no, okay bad. no,
1: no.
2: Thank you. No, 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 no. I was waiting for you to say those words. Cue the uh, visual reference. Yeah, can't talk scandals without talking about this
0: guy. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not to Michael Larson quite yet, but we're getting there.
2: All right. Put the
0: TV Land Myths and Legends away for a while. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the duo did decide to press their luck and gambled on reviving a show whose reputation was somewhat damaged by the scandals. Tick-tack-doe. With new host, your friend and mine, who puts amazing content up on his YouTube channel, Wink Martindale. It first had an unsuccessful 8-week run on CBS's daytime schedule in 78. They decided to do a syndication run that debuted in late of 78 and was very successful and ran for 8 years with Martin Dale and in its final year Jim Caldwell as host. During this time, Barry Nine and right.
2: reference by the way.
0: All right, hold on. There we go. Yes, the Link Martindale YouTube channel. Yes. Uh,
2: top secret.
0: Um, Barry and Enright would get back together and really go at it in the 80s where game shows honestly had their their best revival and best year since the scandals.
1: That, that, that was their second golden age.
0: Yeah, we can and, all
1: agree that and in, was their golden age,
0: and in the second golden age of game shows, they produced uh, and, and developed such wonderful games like Bullseye, Play Hot the Percentages, percentage. Hot, Hot Potato, Pot- and Hollywood Connection. So, you had a great
2: Jim Lang show with
0: Bullseye.
2: Ah, uh, the 10 spins the bonus island. I can still see that clip in my head to this day. second one I don't remember. Hot potato? Hot potato potato was Bill Cullen. The last last. show of the great legend Bill Cullen. That That is is a a well-undeserved show. show. That That deserves a deep dive. I'm I'm still with with 500 questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lots of good powerhouses going to 85. 85. Um, In his final years, uh, Barry renewed his ties with NBC finally after all of that time, and began developing projects like Hot Potato, which proved to be the last thing that he ever put on TV. He tried to get NBC to pick up Joker and Tic-Tac-Doe because he did not like the $50,000 winnings cap imposed by CBS. Thank you, Tom McKee. <laughs> um,
2: hey, Tom McKee did it in Cindy, thank you.
0: But... That limit did get removed shortly before Barry's death. Uh, Fun fact, Jack Barry also started a specialty TV company named Jack Barry Cable. Hi there, Tom McKee. How you doing? Which served customers in the greater Los Angeles area, and the company was sold shortly after his death in 84.
1: wonder who bought that company.
0: I'm sure I could probably go back into the FCC archives and find out, but uh, in his personal life, he married violinist Marsha Van Dyke in 1952. They had two sons, Jonathan and Jeffrey. They divorced in '58. In 1960, he wed Patty Preble, who worked as an associate producer on Barry and Enright show, Concentration. A, they had two kids a daughter Barbara and a son Douglas
2: concentration hosted by Jack Nars who was mentioned earlier
0: mm-hmm. uh, not that I have sat many
1: a times at many a night on YouTube and watched episode number 344 or anything
2: very vengeable
0: and in he passed away on May tw- ah, may, may 12th no may 2nd. 1984, at the age of 66, in Manhattan. on He died suffering a massive heart attack during a morning jog in Central Park. And he is interred at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California.
1: Of course it was Forest Lawn. We lost Dan Anright May 22,
2: 1992. Cancer. In his case, let's see. Yeah, he said died of cancer, not any specifics here. Survived by, by his wife Stella, two children Erica and Don. PBS did a documentary on. Okay. So um, yeah. So the laws have changed. You still want to do what anybody wants to do. Win a lot of money on a game show. The year is 1984. The network is CBS. The man, the myth, the legend, the beard himself, ice cream man, Michael Larson.
1: Sometimes you listen to producers when they tell you something's off about this guy. I don't like him. We shouldn't put them on. Microphone. There we go. Or do we not? There we go. I did
0: not mute myself that time.
1: I wasn't pointing directly to you. You just happened to be underneath.
0: Yeah. Okay. Again, I'll try that for the third time now. Today, these three players are after big bucks. But they'll have to avoid the whammy as they play the most exciting game of their lives. Live from Television City in Hollywood, it's time to press your luck. And here he is, the man that scammed $110,237 out of CBS, Michael Larson. And if you want to know the details,
2: watch out for when we do press your luck on the Deep Dive series. E. But-
1: prepaired you, you thought this, this was, was a long, long. You thought, thought
0: this two-parter was long, but no. You, you thought, thought Price is Right was long, no. That's going to be another show that's. I think that's probably like. I'm. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I can only honestly think of maybe three or four shows that would get a two-part deep dive on.
1: Brian. How many fingers am I holding up for those in the listening audience? Four.
0: You know why I'm holding up four fingers? Pressure, luck, price. When we redo it, nope. Millionaire, because there's no. there's Regis millionaire and then there's nope. everything else. Nope, after Regis. nope, nope. There's also scandals in millionaire. mm still okay, not fine. Kidding. Fine, tell me because I don't think we're on the same page here. Second chance, press your luck, Whammy Larson.
2: Not Whammy and Larson, Whammy and Banks. You're going, Jim Peck, my
0: uh, Peter Tamarkin, Todd
2: Newton. Are we I'm really gonna? D- Hold,
0: on. Hold on. Are we really gonna deep dive this enough that we're gonna do a six part series on this show?
1: how many fingers did you see me holding off can you not count
0: yeah but you missed two what if we're really gonna go that deep dive second chance pressure luck Michael Larson Whammy Elizabeth banks Ricky Lake um mm-mm,
1: nope Game Show Marathon is its own individual deep dive. It's Which may be
2: part in itself, so crossover of dives. Yes. Like multiple dives in the same pool. But Honestly,
1: um, if we can get to a five-week month, that's <laughs> going to be devoted. Stay tuned month. in advance. Check your fucking calendars the month of oh hmm. december 2021 um, looks like, like a five week, week month. month. um
2: speaking of double dips
1: merry christmas everybody um i'm, I'm okay with pressure luck next
0: month, month. you want to talk about people cheating on game shows or this fucker major fraud
1: Oh, that'll be part of the deep dive of the millionaire episode. we to mention Charles Ingram. Millionaire you know, is
0: going it? to at least be a two-part episode. Internationally, we have to.
1: Oh, yeah. UK, where it all began. Yeah. Major Fraud himself. And here across the pond in the US.
0: Yeah, Charles Ingram. I was Ingram. thinking I'm UK there. and then the Regis adaptation and then the second part is everything modern. Well... Because, I'm sorry, I don't really count anything past Viera. Maybe, but again, something like that. And even then, I have a hard time accepting... I still have a hard time accepting Vieira as a host, but she did not bastardize that show nearly as badly as some of her predecessors or antecessors did. Successors. Successors, antecessors, whatever. Well, it's I mean, also, technically... It's still technically correct English.
1: Well, he may be the best kind of correct, but I am giving a shout out to Meredith Vieira for 25 words or less.
0: Yes, so that, Vieira, Vieira has, I don't want to say recovered her career, but for lack of a better term.
1: Well, and not to mention the fact that especially for the UK episode, damn it! I can already hear the jokes from Harry now. Broadhurst, if you're listening, remember, I can still read lips.
2: Speaking of Broadhurst and people watching,
1: any any comments comments from the Peanut Gallery this evening? Uh, Peanut Gallery has been unfortunately mighty, mighty quiet. And
2: uh, I think uh, think think there's only one thing left left to show. show. That's enough after watching this. Waiting for Eric's obligatory cringe, because he knows what show this is. (laughs) Got him. Ta-da. That was almost a double cringe. Yeah, nice overexposed footage. You can't hardly see anything of. I
1: yeah. mean, seriously. I get the technology for the day, but still, still
2: kinescopes, man.
1: Break if it, kinescopes. people could take time, and okay. Do- you know how kinescopes were
2: made, okay. Time to go back into the history machine one last time. How did you record TV back before a VCR? Film. Got a lot of film. Sports people know about having
1: a lot of film. Well, of course. I mean, I saw a beautifully colorized inversion of Super Bowl IV that exists on YouTube. It's actually like the game was being played in real time. They did it so well. So...
2: You have a TV camera, right? That's a lot of machine learning. It's It's set set in the the feed. And you have a TV screen where it's playing. And you have a film camera pointed at the TV screen. And you're translating essentially to film. That's what a kinescope is. And they're they're horrible. They're freaking horrible. But they're all we have. And if you wonder why so little footage exists after that. Tape was expensive because of the silver content. So a lot of shows from the sixties and seventies where they got actual tape recordings. You taped it in New York. you ship it out to California. It got reared. It got wiped the empty, got sent back to New York for the next show to come over. So those who archive shows from that era. We salute you. And while we're saluting people that do things right, shame to those who do things wrong. Mike Richards, we're looking at you, motherfucker.
1: Oh, nope, nope. I got one thing to do this right. We're speaking shame. Oh, right. Wait. Dick of the week?
0: They lost him. Hold on.
2: We lost him. It feels weird.
0: While We, we
1: didn't him. do this to you, Mike Richards. You did this to yourself.
2: The brown paper bag of shame that I have not seen since you last ran a fantasy football league.
1: Yeah, and I had to do God commentary every
2: week. <laughs>
1: wow. You for, said for it? Those of you who you are not personal friends, league. that's a throwback. <laughs> You queued me up perfectly, Ford. Well played to you, sir. So I believe we can really
2: say life is like a game show. And of course, make sure you have your cheaters and neutered. (laughs) There's our reference for the night. (laughs) So I
1: think it's time to close this out at one
2: last.
0: We're missing one thing that we kind of deferred on that we didn't really swing back around to.
1: Well, let's close up that gaping plot hole. I nearly set myself up again.
0: I was gonna say you you would know all about gaping holes now, wouldn't you?
2: I mean... That's the US code. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's take a few minutes because I think we're we're still doing okay on our time budget. Um Let's talk about standards and practices, shall we? cuz we we started to kind of cover it but we never really went into it, right? So let's peel back the curtain on yeah. backstage. So something that was uh that effectively became a requirement of game shows uh after 47 USC 509 gets passed is these game shows are now sitting here like oh shit um there's a law on the books we can't we can't do this stuff it can't look like we're doing this stuff so how do we make sure that it doesn't look like we're doing this stuff and somebody i i unfortunately i would i need to do more research into this i don't know who specifically um but one of the networks I'm, i'm checking to see if i can find it right now um NBC looks like it was NBC that was the first network. Maybe they will do. Um, the earliest de- the earliest example of standards and practices uh, intervening in a show's content uh, appears to be Jack Parr, February tenth, nineteen sixty, Tonight Show. Um, he was joke censored, yes, yeah. well, here's the thing. a lot of these networks, especially after the 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 government and Congress was like, all right, television, we got your eye, we got our eye on you, you get too indecent, and we're the FCC's we're gonna send the FCC on you hard, right?
1: Damn watershed hour,
0: so. A lot of these networks started putting together standards and practices departments where they codified what was considered both legally and morally slash ethically appropriate for air. And I see a huge gasp over there on John's face.
2: The CGI series reboot was heavily censored by ABC during his two season run on the network by the mouse. Yeah. due to wrote scripts they, they wrote scripts for episodes of mock abc's s p department due to it being canceled including an insertion of what known as profanity within a stream of binary numbers well played canadian writers I thought you knew
0: you know being a fan of reboot but hmm. yeah no so even no admittedly, Reboot, that
1: was one of my favorite shows back in the day. I missed that. I missed that. So can't just even blame him. Oh.
2: Price is is right right moment we missed. missed. September 6th, 1972. Episode 3. One of the contestants was common law wife, a cameraman, ineligible. Oh, Can you get oh. the hell off of my Wikipedia page and let me do the show? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> this that gimmick, is that's, 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 that's not even gimmick infringement. That's just straight up rudely jumping the gun. <laughs> what,
1: are you trying to pull an Alec Baldwin all of a sudden?
0: Too soon. I'll let him have that one. Worthy monkey, but too soon. Anyways. um, Yes, we'll get to notable game show incidents um, involving standards and practices. But overall, the uh the 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 1950s quiz show scandals which is what we've been talking about this evening um were basically mandated by the networks they 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 started sending in representatives into every game show and uh the writers rooms and everything right like the these folks had to make sure that the questions weren't tampered with um they had to make sure that the contestants weren't being briefed by producers aides anybody that worked on the show etc like they they operated above and beyond the authority of the production company and if they saw something that they didn't like they and they told them to fix it if they didn't fix it the episode wasn't allowed to air right and the production companies get in big trouble from the networks because at the end of the day, the networks were saying, OK, look, we have these standards and practices, folks, that that we have trained, that they understand how to look for these things, what to look for, et cetera, because, you know, they used the, you know, they used 21 and Dotto, et cetera, as, you know, effectively the Bible on how to cheat on a game show and how to rig a game show. Yeah. Um, basically they they're like okay so this is our proof like you know this it's this person's word that we've trained you know these are the practices we've put into place that this type of thing doesn't happen right and if it does happen then you know the episode gets scrapped uh, or the contestant like basically what ended up happening because standard when standards and practices became a thing is and and we've seen it on the prices right as the hugest example of this the error always goes in favor of the contestant right like you know as long as the contestant's eligible
2: yes, yes.
0: yeah like if the if there's an eligibility problem like a contestant lied about their eligibility yeah no they they're forfeiting all of their prizes um a disclosure statement i think has to be sent to the fcc or some bullshit Uh, Like, there's government ass covering paperwork that has to be done. Um, But. And
1: and it's this kind of paperwork why I will never fully be comfortable getting my own public access show. I think
2: you have bigger things to worry about than that. But irregularities. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. irregularities on game shows resulted in one of two ways depending on the format and the type of show right on the prices like shows like the prices right where there's you know a mechanical or a procedural error in how the game is played we're not talking about mike richards for a change no it's still still still. um if there was an if there was some sort of mechanical error or an administrative error or something something that that It creates a procedural irregularity. The
2: model reveals the price too early. Yeah, like the
0: model shows the price of the car too early.
1: Or... The contestant wins the car. Yeah, or say, I don't know, someone forgets to do something that they did specially for a game, like, I don't know, a Plinko board, perhaps.
2: Yeah. See previous episodes?
0: (laughs) Um... Yeah, no, if, if things like that happen, the contestant keeps what, or they get the highest prize that they would have earned, right? Like, just by default, that's prices, rights, rules. We just give them the highest prize that they would have earned, or if it's a game where they would have won all of the, like, you know, like a triple play or something. Congratulations, somebody's fuck up just got you three brand new cars, right? Ooh. Now, more.
2: My- there's was, there was, there was there was a third case.
0: Now no, there are be other. Better. I, I, know, I know I'm getting to it. There are other, you know, shows like say Jeopardy, for example, or a Wheel of Fortune, or you know, you're think you're more like trivia question answer type shows, right? Question answer type shows, where if a question was read incorrectly, um, the rules were not explained properly. Something along those lines occurred. Um, and this actually, uh, the, the, the contestant gives an answer that is correct, but is ruled incorrect. Um, there's a couple of major um, examples of that one.
1: Yeah, I can think of one password plus Harry. Is it Harry? And yeah. there was actually a similar incident while the question was not ruled
0: incorrect I I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him viewer I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him well, before you kill him he is, jumping my, him, gun. It, it, he is it, jumping my gun again because I was you, getting to suffer and suck attach.
1: before you I was kill him. giving you a setup before you kill him and I gave you the setup to cool you down tying everything back together Joker's Wild, the first ever million-dollar tournament, the $250,000 final. If you look at that episode, there was a very specific question. The answer was the name of an author. There was a major correction made pretty much like on the spot because there would have been an irregularity, but it was corrected right then and there. shee not she, he, or she, him. Go back. I believe that episode is still on YouTube. Joker, million dollar tournament final. Of course, it had to be Joker of all shows. Naturally, they were the first ones to ever do a million dollar tournament. So again, they didn't. of course, had to, sorry, had to be a Jack, Jack Barry
2: show. Hmm. Full, Full circle. circle. All right. Oh.
0: So notable. Uh, Price is Right has a lot of them, right? The biggest thing that you will see on Price is Right, even today, that is a direct result of standards and practices, is on every episode, and I think they uh, that, that you will see anything revo- involving Seattle Sounders MLS team.
1: Yep. I know why. Continue.
0: Drew yeah. Carey owns... Part owner... Or of the Seattle part owner, but yes, he is a part owner of the Seattle Sounders. So anything that has anything to do with Seattle Sounders, regardless of if it makes an appearance in a prize, if a player makes an appearance to present a prize, if they if he even just says the words Seattle Sounders at all during the episode, they have to put a disclaimer up on the end of the broadcast that says that, rego- that a disclaimer regarding the business interest of host Drew Carey. And if it's a prize, they have to say that the announcer has to say that during the prize read. Um, they also, more so nowadays... Um, because standards and you can never be too tight on standards and practices. Um, they will also run disclaimers on Carrie's ownership in Seattle Sounders if anything to do with the MLS is put on air. Um yeah, there have been a few times.
2: Information changes from tape date to air date. There's sometimes something put in the credits saying, "Taped on this date so the information was correct when the episode was filmed. Yeah. Or in case, it's not when it's aired. Where Jeopardy in the world is Carmen
1: San Diego? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, try filming I a just, geography show in the early 1990s. I need
2: to switch from milk uh, to something alcoholic now, know, thank
1: you. you. You're the one who brought it up. You're the one who brought it up.
2: Go, Go ahead. ahead. You can say the line again, Mr. Brown
1: Paper Bag Shane. I did not do this to you, I did this to me. me. <laughs> yeah. you, I didn't do this to you. You did this to yourself.
0: I am looking for something really quickly. Give me just a moment here. Um, well, while you're looking, you want to talk about that, Sylvester? I, I am going to talk about it. the Sylvester while I look. Uh, so there was a very notable uh, episode of Pressure Luck where uh, the question, the answer was um, Sylvester for Suffering Succotash and Peter to markin. Um gets it wrong, right? He yeah. asked the he asks the players which cartoon character uses the phrase suffer and succotash. The first contestant buzzes in with the correct answer of Sylvester. The host gives two other choices of Goofy and Daffy Duck. All three of the contestants went with Sylvester, but to Markin says the correct answer is Daffy Duck. In actuality, both characters use the phrase during post production. The error, the error is discovered. They tape a segment in which Tamarkin gets a phone call um, from voice actor Mel Blanc, the the in the voice of Sylvester, the creator of Looney Tunes, explaining the mistakes and the common practice for something of that sort, especially when it's caught after the taping is over. Um, they explain the mistake and all three contestants get invited back on future episodes.
2: That's all, folks. So wait. So wait, so we all screwed up at some point tonight. Do y'all get to come back and do this episode again?
0: No. No. Um, John, do you want to cover the Jeopardy section in that non-academic source since you have it up while I'm? Oh, oh actually, actually, never mind. Never mind. I have... Actually, I
2: sort of already did. It was the uh, 2014 team tournament. Um, referring to who the Secretary of Health and Human Services was, but uh, that person resigned from the position between recording and air dates, so they had to put the little disclaimer on the bottom. But interesting even more than that, Jeopardy and Wheel, the Syndicated Giants, no, Worse. no brown paper bag. These episodes are from September of 2001. Oh! Oh! The New Yorker hates to have to bring this up, but it actually does does play in. That was a time when a lot of things were preempted by news for obvious reasons that we'll not be going into because I moved two months to the day before that date. John? You could enough. only get paid after your show got aired. Right. Before you made mentioned... your show didn't get aired by enough stations, you couldn't get paid. The standards and practices for Sony actually made exempt one time exemption for this period of time to pay the winners out.
1: Yeah. And again, you had moved right around that time. I was in high school. A five-minute drive from Andrews Air Force Base. Enough said. I was
2: thankful. I was a senior in high school at a computer lab researching colleges, and they did not block a certain app called AIM Express.
1: Um, That's how
2: I got a hold of all my friends up north.
1: Yeah, live news, and I was in history class first period. I say no more.
0: Well, We just went dark for a moment. Let's get out of this. Brian, bring us out. For $16,000, <laughs> scientists yeah. in England recently altered what vegetable so it glows when it needs water? It's the answer yeah, sure. A, potato, B, tomato, C, cabbage, or D, carrots? potato final answer according to who wants to be a millionaire you were right however contestant ed to selected tomato tomato this is a british show Ow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the next episode of bowling for dollars
0: all right, you, earned a, you definitely earned a monkey for that one. Yes, so to Selected Tomato, the show said it was potato. We're not trying to rhyme intentionally here, but it was later found out that the answer was flawed after further research from Mark Knight, a professor at Oxford University's Department of Plant Sciences, or Plant Sciences, not scientists. That is our own standards and practices. Correction. No. Okay. Well, I mean, the glowing potato. Look, look, I'm not look, even going to try to fight it. I'm just gonna no. Keep we're not
1: Wink Martindale on Tic Tac Toe. Okay. Where no, we,
0: we didn't have to put time it into post production. Mm-hmm. No way. No monkey. The there was a glowing potato that was in fact developed in Scotland, but Knight had developed a glowing tomato in England. So, Tant's answer of tomato was actually correct. Here's the kicker, right? This was during the drought of champions, formally being referred to as the skins game by Millionaire, where they were adding, I believe it was $10,000 yeah. a week.
1: $10,000 every episode. Or episode, of game game Pop, yeah. Was not that,
0: that nobody won... The jackpot. Yeah. At the time the two taunt was on the air, there was an eight hundred and sixty thousand dollar progressive jackpot in use at the time. He was allowed to come. He was invited back, and he was allowed to play for the one million eight hundred and sixty thousand dollar grand prize. What did he do? He won it. Ba, 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 ba. That is one of the biggest standards and practices things that's hit millionaire outside of major fraud. Now, my question is this when it comes to issues of standards and practices
1: and payouts, how are taxes handled? Normally, if everything is only up and up, that is the contestant's responsibility paying the appropriate rates be it in New York Or be it in the case of California, 50.9%. And if you are unable to cover the taxes, you do not collect the prize. I think California California law. Sorry, fuck that tax rate. Go ahead.
0: I think California law recently changed where they can take the taxes automatically out of the winnings.
1: Right, so if it's a sta- so if, even if it's a standards and practices thing, like say, hey, it wasn't on you, it was. Oh on no, us.
0: it's still considered for the for the purposes of the tax code, it's still considered earned income. Wanted to clarify, Fuck. like you earned would, have you earned it, it. You earned it. You by somebody's it. error, but you earned it. Yeah, you would understand earned income, but it's like, Oh god do I ever it's not it's not considered a gift or anything like it's not considered a gift as where the actual game show earnings are earned income. No, the whole kit and caboodle is earned income. You you earned it it just by virtue of somebody's fuck up, but yeah, yeah, it- you
1: and, and you heard of that number right, fifty point nine percent when you combine
0: I don't think the I that has gotta gone down. down. No,
1: when the you tax com- rate is too damn high. When you combine federal and state tax rates, fifty point nine percent goodbye when now, in California.
2: Is, now, now there is one other more, more recent issue here. Good. I think Eric should tell us about this one. If you don't, you don't
0: mind, mind, Brian. Um, wait, what December were you going to...
2: 2010? Oh, the oh, millionaire
0: thing with the bad, bad question? Yeah, sure, go ahead. go
2: ahead. Not the millionaire thing. The million-dollar money drop. Oh, oh yeah, you
0: can done. cover million-dollar money drop, sure. <sighs> I, am I am checking can't... California's game show thing.
1: Yeah, because... it. Which of
2: these was sold in stores first? Macintosh computer, Sonny Walkman, Post-it Notes. They rest eighty uh, they, since you seem to be coming up with a blank here. They rest eight hundred thousand dollar on post-it notes. According to the show, post-it notes were sold in nineteen eighty. Walkman nineteen seventy nine. Oh, oh wait, wait, no. Post it it for, for first tested test for sale in four cities in
1: 77. Wrong! Oh, oh wait, show got, got canceled. canceled. Yeah. So what do you have done in that situation when the show got canceled? That was why I was wondering, it's like, oh god, December 2010. bring, bring the back back it back for a show that no longer is long long long. Swamp, swamp. And at that point, it's like, what, do you just go ahead and, it's like, pay them out? It's like, ah, well, you would have had... Know, the show don't exist no more. Anyone one Oh, I'll talk the UK version in October. October of the same year. The Doctor Who question. Money Drop, Money Drop fucked it up twice. On two different continents, no less. I can oh, still hear Harry if saying If anybody's
2: watching me. this episode from the Philippines, um, standards of practice... They will call up the network ombudsman or office of the network
1: ombudsman for the department. Game hashtag game K-N-B? one of their more popular game shows, but of course we all know for the Philippines version of Deal or No Deal and Push Your Luck, as it is called over there.
2: Yeah, something like and that. And with that, I think I am officially spent.
0: So you, you are, are a, a- uh, somewhat of an expert on taxes. Mm-hmm.
1: Tax consultation services is available through Rix TNT LLC, of course.
0: Yes, so... That's an SP
2: reference right there. Thank you. You may, monkey. <laughs>
0: That's not really monkey worthy. More so, oh, an actual, actual disclosure, disclosure thing. Closest we got. It. Um. Apparently, uh, taxes are considered ordinary income, mm-hmm. and you get a ten ninety nine misc for, mm-hmm. from the game show production company, and depending on how much you you make determines the bracket. Yes, In which it's taxed at, which is up to 37% by federal IRS. No,
1: you're 37% by the IRS, and then you have your brackets with state
0: income continue. California actually just takes a flat
1: 7%. So they did change their rules.
0: I had a feeling of
1: this, especially when this was mentioned after the Hour run. So when you're even like with Matamodio, for example... You see the fingers down there? Forty-four percent.
0: Yeah, he's he's combined between federal and California state tax. He's giving up forty-seven point six percent.
1: So again, your tax
0: rate is still too damn high.
1: So you're only taking away three point three percent from what I said. Still. Nearly so, and now you're keeping a bit more than half instead of a bit less. Still too damn high for game show winnings.
2: So life is like game show advice. You
0: want to avoid the
2: tax man in game show winnings? Go overseas. Don't play America. Or, or
0: no, don't, Just don't play. Don't play in a game show that is taped in California. Go to either New York or Atlanta. Yeah. Wow. Well, um,
1: I, I mean, it's one out of one. Go on to UK show. Tr- uh, foreign income. No. Damn, Damn you, tax, tax man. Sorry. And we, and we, and we, we Americans, Americans can't even put in Swiss accounts, Swiss anymore. accounts anymore. Actually.
2: For that heads up from geography now. Don't go to New York.
0: They're worse. 12.7% <laughs> 12. <laughs> 12. in state. City and state. Hi, Atlanta. How about then, most of game shows, huh? And then the top the top end of 37% for federal.
2: <laughs> yeah, New York low on taxes. You must have been smoking some pretty good, you first thought that.
1: I didn't say low. I said low. Er. Er. Higher. Wrong way, thought game.
2: But uh, once again, I think we've dived as deep as we can go. We've hit rock bottom. Yeah.
1: So, well, not to mention the fact, I mean, me being an expert on things being tighter than standards and practices on some shows, I think we've loosened it up just enough. So,
2: so hi, I'm John. Yes, if you can find me on uh, Twitch and Twitter at JTN2002. You can also find the show at W2M or Hilags on Twitter. Check there for, for the, the poll. poll with 100 <laughs>
1: questions. Of course. I mean, I was sitting there changing all of our handles. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Squid Sportshead. If you're looking at this on the W2M Network, if you hate my voice, I'm sorry. There's going to be more of it, because when I'm not here on Life is Like a Game Show, I am the one and true and only disembodied voice on League to the Max or whatever. With um, my co-host here, Brian Espinosa, the Andesian, and when I'm not on either of those shows, I'm on the kickoff. I'm on soccer to the max. And if you want to hear something that's not me, we have a plethora of programs here. The w 2 Network, Rattle and Broadcasting. Yes, we are working on the Super Show. We got video games to the max, sports, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. We got you covered. On Twitter at Squid Sports Head you see me live tweeting a few different things on Facebook, Eric Watkins, guy, wine, recliner, come for flame wars, come for advice, whatever. And if you're looking for something extra spicy, slide into my DMs, undergo a strict and thorough vetting process. And if you can prove undergoing somebody else's vetting process, you may get a little extra admission to other different areas.
0: No, that's not full of spoilers and no, not at fake all. things. No, not at all. Um, I am here on the W2M network. Uh, as my illustrious disembodied voice has just said, I host League to the Max or whatever. The newest addition to the W2M network of growing podcasts. Uh, I see somebody is attempting to throw a bottle at me or threaten throwing a bottle at me. I can also be found at Twitter at, at the Andesian if I have not said the word at enough times in that previous sentence. Um, you can we will be on the air for League to the Max tomorrow with our continuing special coverage on the Worlds 2021 Championship. Tomorrow we are covering the overall history of the tournament uh, and specifically the finals portion of the tournament as there will be the finals on Saturday. Uh, We will have a special tournament in review episode more than likely on Sunday.
1: Basic-ass trophy name.
0: Um, And then from there we'll, we'll be taking about a week or so off Uh, And then we'll be doing a a free agency day episode on my birthday coming up the 16th of November uh, as free agency day is on the 15th. So that's that's where you can find me here on the network and online for the foreseeable future. Um, You can also normally find our good friend who is not here with us this evening. Harry Broadhurst. He is on Twitter at Heb the Eagle.
1: H E B the Eagle, not just Twitter, I mean Twitter, Grapple, Yahoo, whatever platforms. And if it was still around. And for those of you out there, I may or may not be convincing him to rejoin the world of Snapchat. Progress is slow going. Stay tuned on that one.
0: Look, at least I was decent enough to remember him and mention his socials. Okay. You're welcome, Harry. If you're listening.
1: Uh so you can oh, find well, him. Trust be him. sure to find
0: him as well or follow him around the network as well. He's on a whole bunch of shit here too.
1: Well yeah. He sometimes he goes in on for some of the Un- different wrestling shows, the Chair Shot Network, co-host here on the kickoff.
0: Unfortunately, however, Harry Broadhurst will not be seen tonight. So that we may bring you this feature presentation from the w 2 ab network as always you can find us at anywhere you choose to listen to your podcast needs viewer you're not going to cut me off by listing off the name the list of like 12 people you're both looking at me like you expect me to run through the list and i'm not (laughs) it's just not gonna happen sorry You can find us on various podcast services such as Apple Pods, Google Pods, Stritcher, Spreaker, Podcast Pod, or sorry, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Castbox. <laughs> Did, Did I do, I do it? it? Did I, I finally, finally get them all? all? Did I finally get them
1: all, viewer? Let me see, you mentioned Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbeam, CastBox, Overcast, which you missed.
0: I, I only missed Overcast, okay. iHeartRadio, Apple Pods, Google Pods.
1: Yeah, I think you covered the basics. That, we're not going to do that gimmick. <laughs> um, Besides, he mentioned Spotify.
2: Oriented people got Facebook. You got the various Twitters, You've got Twitch, you got YouTube. I think I'm missing
1: one. Nope, that's nope. it. That's it.
0: Facebook. That's
1: how you do it. You take the easy way out.
0: Yeah, Facebook.com
1: well. slash W2M Network. Twitch.tv slash W2M net, YouTube.com slash W2M Network. We're back from the ban. They could not take us down. Despite Radulich's best efforts. But We ain't even talking about that right now. Twitter.com slash W2M Network.
2: More on Radulich when he does quiz show.
1: Again, he's got plans, but I will slightly... Okay,
0: hi. hi. We're, we're well over two hours now. We're going to wrap it up.
2: Keep your banter spayed and neutered. Life is like a game show.
0: This has been a presentation of the W2M Network online at the W2M Network and W2Mnet.com. Is, is that right? Is that the website link? Mm-hmm. Hey, I got that right. I was thinking W2M Network for some reason, but I'm pretty sure it's just W2Mnet.com. Thank you for listening, folks. We know it's been a, bit of, a little bit of a longer episode this evening. Look for our Twitter poll coming up within the next day or two. We will have the options for next week's Deep Dive. Uh, we'll, we'll try to pick some lighter, fair topics for you. Polls close, close Tuesdays. No, they close Thursdays at noon. Well, we close them Tuesday. Wednesday they close Thursdays
1: do? at noon.
2: We should close them Tuesday so that we have Wednesday to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about.
1: We will close them Wednesday evenings. That way we cover throughout the day or throughout the night on Wednesday and all day
0: Thursday. He's the boss. Can't argue that. There you go. On behalf of Harry Broadhurst, who was not seen tonight, we want to thank you for listening. And life truly is like a game show. Good night, everybody.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.